Today's episode of Wings for Breakfast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Welcome to another episode of Wings for Breakfast, our twice-weekly Red Wings podcast here on The Athletic. I'm Max Boltman. With me, as always, is Prashant Iyer. And with me, unlike always, are a couple of buddies who stopped by to help us do a two-round mock draft. Very special episode today, so please give a warm welcome to, for the first time on this pod, but not for the first time with Prashant and I, Ryan Hanna and Brad Crisco from the Winged Wheel Pod. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having us. How are you guys doing? Oh, cooped up but uh happy healthy can't complain good deal yeah what uh what's it like up in canada right now cold very cold it snowed today (laughs) it snowed here yesterday and uh my furnace wasn't working and so i woke up just absolutely freezing for most of the day until somebody came by and fixed it like right after dinner but um so that was my harrowing first world problem experience of the day I don't think having no heat is is a first world problem. I'd give yourself a little bit more credit on that. Well, one. It, it was like twenty hours. It, it, it was very survivable. I certainly reacted as though it was a, a much more severe problem <laughs> than it ended up being. Immediately ran out and bought seventeen packages of toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. I bought toilet paper to keep warm as insulation, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and just several flannel shirts. Oh, how much money are they paying you? Jeez. Well, you know, I got my stimulus check, so <laughs> which I know means nothing to you because you guys get stimulus checks like on steroids up there. Yeah, monthly. Yeah, we won't we won't get into all that. <laughs> Who was it? Best Buy put on an eighty-inch TV for exactly twelve hundred dollars, like two days after that stimulus uh, amount was announced. <laughs> That's just good marketing. <laughs> they know oh, what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, before, we will we will not waste too much more time then because we've got uh, a packed show today. We're going to do a full two-round mock draft, top 60 picks. We've divided up the by division to try to make it somewhat fair. I think it'll end up being a little lopsided in terms of uh, making the picks. So you guys will be hearing Brad's voice a lot. He has the Atlantic division. Uh, Ryan has the Central. I've got the Pacific. And Prashant has the Metro. So uh, we did the lottery in advance the uh, lottery winners on our spin were at number one overall, the Red Wings. Uh, at number two overall, I have lost the lottery order. Chicago. Chicago. Number three, Ottawa. Number four, Ottawa. And number five, LA. So that is what we will work off for the time being. It's kind of convenient, right? It, kind of convenient. A little convenient for us, certainly. Certainly for our, for our listeners, even more so. Uh, Brad, you've got the first pick and, uh, we will be away. Well, I get to speak the words that I'm hoping to hear, uh, sometime in 2020, the Detroit Red Wings select Alexi Lafreniere. 
All right. No, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not overthinking this one. I will mention that we are going to have full uh, trade ability and play here. So at any point, if anyone wants to offer uh, a trade, we're going to do it uh, unlike uh, in the way, in the way that I wish NHL GMs would have to do it very publicly. Uh, but if, if anyone wishes to trade up at any point, just uh, chime in and, and, and we will make that very much on the table for everybody. So that said uh, right now, Chicago and Ryan are on the clock. Prashanth, you sure you don't want to trade up to uh, try to take Askarov here or? Well, I was kind of hoping Brad would actually orchestra- orchestrate a trade between himself as Ottawa and Detroit just for you know that kind of purpose. But I don't know that that we really got into all of that. But no, you know what? It might be a little too late to take Askarov. I think it was either one or done. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Chicago has a glorious opportunity here to, uh, in another draft, add a huge, uh, talented center. Uh, I, I'm tempted to take Tim Stutzler for them, but I don't think they'll pass up the opportunity to um, tack onto Kirby Duck, another uh, giant, talented, talented, uh, possibly elite talent in um, Quinton Byfield out of the OHL. So Chicago, second overall, Quinton Byfield. All right. Now back to Brad for Ottawa. Well, um, Ottawa landing at three and four eases what would have been the biggest debate in my mind since I have a a tier of two players between three and four, so I can just go ahead and take them both. So at number three, I'm going to take Tim Stutzla, and at number four, I'm going to take Lucas Raymond. That could create one of the most dynamic lines in the NHL in a few years for the Ottawa Senators. I know they have some needs at defense, but I think the talent level between these two is just too good to pass up. I was Brad, I just want to say thank you for publishing your draft board ahead of time for all of us to see so we can kind of, you know, make our moves and, and maneuvers as we need to. <laughs> I can always throw a curveball, but hey, that was on our Patreon. So technically you guys to see that had to pay me for that list. I mean, that's fine. You know, if I get to pay you to win this one, that, that, that's fine. 31 out of 31 NHLGMs will pay $1 for a draft list. <laughs> I actually sell it at uh, half price on the black market too, so that cuts it about, out a bit as well. Oh, wow, there you go. All right, well, I've got the Kings pick at five, and I actually was considering trading up uh, to that four spot if it weren't for the fact that I was pretty sure Brad was going to pick Raymond at four because the Kings need a defenseman, and so they will more than happily take Jamie Drysdale. And then it looks like it's me again at uh, six with Anaheim, and I think Anaheim's going to come out a big winner here. Last year they they, they did, by certainly by taking Trevor Zegras, who fell – um, a little bit later than I think he should have. And they'll do the same thing again here with Marco Rossi at six. And now it doesn't even necessarily matter if Zegras ends up a winger or a center for them because they're going to have two really, really good players in these last two drafts. And uh, either they're going to have uh, Zegras and Rossi at one, two centers, or they're going to have them as line mates. And I think you're a winner in either of those two scenarios. Max, you just had to take Marco Rossi right before my first pick here as New Jersey. I was not Denver, letting right? him get to you, Prashant. Come on now. Well, so, you know, now it's seven, right? If you're the New Jersey Devils and you're playing this situation, you, you kind of think that maybe you've stepped down the slightest by tier with those six guys off the board. And so now, you know, you're kind of looking at the board and you're saying, all right, the next kind of batch of players is Alexander Holt, Anton Lindell, Cole Perfetti. That's kind of that next trio. I think out of those three guys, you know, the guy I, I probably have the most confidence in right now is uh, Alexander Holtz, and that's who I will take for the New Jersey Devils there at seven. All right. Uh, looks like next is Buffalo. Back to Brad. 
All right. So Buffalo has a very strong group of forwards um, in the system as well. Um, they also have Uko Pekka Lukanen, so uh, Prashanth can uh, rest easy knowing that I'm passing on Askarov so that he can take him shortly. Um, at this pick, uh, I, I like production, I like results, and I like his versatility. So the Sabres are going to take Anton Lundell. I thought that was going to be Perfetti, but Lindell definitely fits a, a the two way need. I think Buffalo definitely has. Hundred percent. All right, at pick nine, it is still Brad. Montreal. All right, the Montreal Canadiens, the team that is seemingly always looking for some goal scoring, and they would be over the moon if at pick nine they are able to select Cole Perfetti. Are right. doing this on purpose? <laughs> Back to Prashant, the New Jersey at 10. All right, so New Jersey's back on the clock at 10. And again, you know, when you're talking about the tiers of players, uh, you know, available, I think obviously the first batch of players is gone. The second batch of players is gone. And I think this is where, you know, you, you have a significant step down in, in the quality of player that's available um, once you get outside of those top nine. So me sitting here at New Jersey, you know, one, one deal I'm going to, you know, potentially look to make is uh, if I'm at 10 here and, uh, you know, the Devils kind of need a lot of talent. They already took Alexander Holtz. Uh, you could certainly argue they could use another forward. I think ideally New Jersey is going to want another, uh, you know, draft, uh, I should say, a defenseman. So one of the deals I'm going to look at here is New Jersey swapping back with the uh, New York Rangers for the 13th pick plus one of the Rangers third round picks uh, and potentially a piece that I'm not going to name just because I get to make these two moves. So I'm going to trade with myself here and have the Rangers. No, no, no. You can't trade with yourself. I'm trading with myself. The Rangers are going to do it. They're going to take a third round pick. And then why is that? Batman disallows self-trading. It gets too easy to manipulate. (laughs) All right. All right. If I, (laughs) if I am the devils and technically the devils have a pick here at 17, so you could just argue they should make the pick here at 10 as well. Uh, if I'm going to make the pick, then trade with someone else. I mean, you could offer a trade to, I don't know. The wild have a couple of picks in the first Well, the wild do have a couple of picks. Um, but however, moving from 10 to 11, I don't know, really incentivizes you to, to add a lot of value. Although potentially, uh, you know, Max, if you're going to be Minnesota, you want to do 11 and 42 for 10. Ryan's got Minnesota. Or, or sorry, Ryan. That's uh, that would be me. And at this point with the people off the board, I'm not going to lie to you as Minnesota. I wouldn't do that. Uh, also, you should note that uh, if I am trading up to move up one pick, I will intentionally try to pick whoever you're trading back to uh, grab a better value. Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a smart move to make there. So I guess, all right, I think I'm stuck making this pick. So the guy I'm going to take here is Seth Jarvis. I think a favorite of everyone on this call right now, right? Yes, very high on my list. Uh, he was gonna. I was hoping he would make it to Florida at fourteen for me. Yeah, I just couldn't, you know, justify taking Jake Sanderson or Yaroslav Askarov, and unfortunately, those two were kind of staring at me. I really thought you were gonna go with Sanderson there. No, you can't make me. <laughs> I actually think we should try and all mutually agree to not take either of those two guys and just try to force Prashant to take them at some point. Well, you know, I have four of the next seven picks. It's going to be really hard for me not to do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan's got Minnesota. Uh, 
I know I'm a buzzkill here. I, I know I'm a huge killjoy. Um, but at, at pick 11, it's hard because Minnesota has a lot of needs. Um, but with the talent like Yaroslav Askarov, I don't think uh, they would be too keen on passing up on him. Um, as much as I'm tempted to, to try and force Prashant's hand here, I'm going to take uh, Askarov at pick 11 from Minnesota. Thank you. And to really lean into uh, how much, <laughs> I think I'm just trying to win good favor with Prashant here. But, well, can we talk uh, about Winnipeg... really quick the, the raw humor of Minnesota finally getting Kirill Kaprizov to come over, and then they get another Russian player who's probably not going to be coming over for a couple of years? <laughs> if there's anything Minnesota's good at, it's never changing their status quo, so it makes sense. Uh, and pick 12 with Winnipeg, if I'm good to just go ahead with that. Um, you know, Winnipeg has has big holes to fill, uh, especially on defense now that they lost Dustin Bufflin. Um, and again, Prashant, maybe you should be the one getting me a bottle of whiskey because over here I'm going to go pick 12, Jake Sanderson. Oh, yeah. I don't have to take either of them. This is a, it's like Christmas. Jack Quinn season. Prashant is up. All right. This is one of the best days I've ever had because I don't have to take Jake Sanderson or – uh, I ha- and I don't have to take Yaroslav Askarov. So now, again, this is a, a little bit of a tricky territory here. Um, Max, I'm going to surprise you, and I'm going to take Jack Quinn here at 13 for the Rangers. All right. I like it. I like the pick. Uh, 14, I think, stays with you. Does it? Who's in the Atlanta? Oh, no, it goes back Florida. to Brad. Florida, yeah. Going back to Brad. Florida. Uh, I would argue that Florida's biggest need uh, in their pipeline right now is a defenseman with between Borgstrom and Tippett. That being said, I don't love any defenseman at this pick, so I'm going to go with a highly skilled forward out of the dub, Connor Zary. Where did Holtz land in this? Took him at seven. Okay. He's still on board. Draft him again. You won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it again. Who's got Bowen no, Byron? <laughs> Watch me go for the uh, the Pavel Bure off the board pick that you guys aren't going to let me have. So, all right. So, so Brad is taking uh, Connor Zary now. Uh, so again, leaves you in another tricky situation where I don't really love anybody on the board. Uh, you know, that being said, if you're Columbus and you look at Columbus's system right now, uh, 2019 they added absolutely nothing in the first three rounds. 2018. They're able to come away with Liam Foudy and Kirill Marchenko, two players that should be solid. And in 2017, they only added a couple of guys. I think uh, when Scott Wheeler did his system rankings, Columbus had the worst prospect system. So they absolutely uh, have to hit on this pick here. And so, you know, uh, a guy that I think would be reasonably uh, safe for them to take at this point would be Dawson Mercer out of the queue. I think he's uh, had a pretty solid season and, and is a reasonably solid bet to be a, a top six forward for them. All right. I think that is the end of the lottery. So that will bring us into the second half. And I've got the pick with Calgary. And it's a little bit of a tough one. Um, I've My inclination is to go with Caden Gould. Ghoul, Ghoulie? Ghoulie. Ghoulie. Uh, out of Prince Albert. And, you know, Calgary actually has some, like, some okay D and some young D. But I think in terms of where the board is at, um, there's only really one other player I would strongly consider here. And I think I'm going to lean with Ghoulie for the Flames. 
Are we allowed to heckle your picks? Because I'm going to heckle you for that one. Go for it. All right. That's 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 the gist of my heckling right there. Okay. <laughs> Very mild. Oh, man. I like the he heckling just, on this podcast way better. We, we, we brought the Canadians on. We have to be polite. So. <laughs> that that we, heckle. We that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm behaving. Yeah, no, you are. But I'm saying, feel, free to, feel free to bring it out. But yeah, Prashanth is heckling is the, I think the podcast equivalent of your mom or dad saying, I just want you to know I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh man, you should meet my parents. They don't know the word disappointed. They'd skip right past that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here I'm at New Jersey's third pick uh, of the first round at 17. And again, we've already taken Seth Jarvis and uh, take uh, and took um, Alexander Holtz with for them for their first two picks. So, you know, looking at New Jersey's system, I think they've done a, a really nice job uh, in the last couple of years, adding a lot of talent. That being said, they still have a lot of pieces and a lot of need. Um, the best prospect in their system right now is 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 a defenseman. But that being said, um, they probably still need a, a couple more here. So if I'm New Jersey, I think what I'm going to look to do here is, is try and trade back um, and see if another team behind them has any interest in, in moving up here because a defenseman at 17 uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. You could certainly go for for Jeremy Poirier. Is that how you say that, Brad, or how do you say that? Poirier. Poirier. So he's, a, he's certainly a, a player you could consider right here, but I think – uh, you know, Brad, I'm going to approach Ottawa and say if Ottawa wants to to offer maybe a 21 and and fifth and 46 to move up to 17, if there's any interest there. From a value standpoint, I actually don't mind the offer. The issue I'm running into here is I just don't love anybody that's available for Ottawa there because I'm with you and I think Ottawa needs a defense. I like Poirier. I don't know if I'd give up that much to trade up and get him. Edmonton would like to throw their hat in the ring at 20. Now that don't have a lot of picks, um, but they'd be willing to throw in a future fourth to move up three spots. Future fourth's kind of a, a soft offer there, Max, you know. If you're looking at a lot of draft pick value here, even though the, the value is starting to slide down, I think uh, it, would, it would have to be something at least in the, in the second round. So I think the next team I would approach that you you have your hat in is if L.A., given that they've got the number one prospect system, would be interested in moving yeah, you know, up into this round, either with a, a future first and, and the 48th to move up to 17. Uh, Ellie's not going to do the future first because they've still got a very murky future, but they've got three seconds. So they'd be willing to go with their own second and with either of Vancouver or Vegas's. That's fair. Um, so I think, uh, with that being said, you know, you could certainly make the idea that given New Jersey's already taken two players here, uh, you know, you could make the offer here to go 35 and 48. Uh, to go up to 17 if you want to do that, Max. You didn't lose me. I'm just thinking. It's all good. I don't think I like it for LA quite as much as I would have for Edmonton with the player who I'm eyeing. I don't think LA needs that in their system quite as much. And I don't think I can – well, but they won't, they have no chance at getting one of the other guys if they wait. All right, deal. 
LA is going to trade up and take Braden Schneider. They're going to try and solve this D uh, all in the first round of this draft. They're, they've got a very good, very good forward pipeline among their prospects. Uh, now they come out of this with both uh, Jake, uh, sorry, not Jake, Jamie Drysdale and Braden Schneider <laughs> uh, in the first round in, in the top uh, top twenty. Max, I was going to actually trade back to thirty five to take Braden Schneider, but you know. That's, that's <laughs> <laughs> all right, am I up with uh, Nashville at eighteen here? Looks you like you are. Uh, that's a tough one. I, I was hoping Mercer would drop that far, but that might have been wishful thinking on my part. Um, I'm running into the, the kind of same problems you guys are, where there's not anything that screams at me, but uh, at the same time, um, I think Nashville's a kind of team where they really need some game breakers up front. Um, that's going to be difficult to find at pick 18, but you can t- still take your swings. Um, I think a guy like uh, Noel or Noel Gundler uh, might be it there. A little streaky, but um, if his shooting and, and his talent pans out and he can find that consistency in the NHL, that could be a big win for them. So uh, from the from Lulea out of the SHL, Noel Gundler. It's a good pick. It. Don't hate it at all. Uh, so that puts me back on the clock, and, and you guys have uh, – and I'm on the clock here as Carolina, um, Don Wendell. And his staff right there, you know, it just works out nicely. And also the board worked out very nicely that I think one of the most underrated forwards, uh, you know, in the draft with a high, high upside is is still sitting here at, uh, available for Carolina. And that's Rodian Amaroff. No! So, you know, Rodian Amaroff right here at, at 19. Max, I know that's who you were thinking about at 20 for Edmonton. But yeah. uh, he's great value there for Carolina. I think, Car- you know, the other move for Carolina is – uh, you know, you, you could certainly trade back and be thinking about a couple of other guys down the road. But uh, I think for them, they're just trying to inject some legitimate high skill forward talent. And, and I think Amarov's too good of a value to pass up at 19. That is devastating for Edmonton, which really could have used that same type of swing. Uh, they're still going to go with a forward because they've got a really strong uh, system there uh, on defense. But man, that would have been a huge opportunity they're going to end up taking Dylan Holloway, who I still like. I think the fact that he played in NCAA this year, uh, maybe with, with people quite a bit older than him, maybe deflates what the production looked like. But coming into this year, this was still a guy to watch, and I think the Oilers would be happy to get him. Uh, but that's that's certainly tough, missing out on Amirov. Had to do it. I mean, if you look at Carolina's uh, pool, right? I mean, the, they've got a lot of players in there that could you know turn out in Suzuki, Pustola, Reese, Drury, and Bach, but... I think more than anything, they, they've got a, a large stable of defensemen and they need just some high-end talent here. I can't begrudge it. All right, it's over to Brad with Ottawa. And this is why patience is a virtue because instead of trading up to select Jeremy Poirier a few picks ago for Ottawa, he just falls right into their laps at 21 and they get two high-end forwards and a high-end defenseman in one round of a draft. They will be happy. All right, over to Dallas with uh, Ryan. Uh, man, drafts, huh? You guys keep taking players that uh, other teams want. I guess that's the gist of it. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't complain if I'm three picks away from Amarov there. So I, I think um, Max owns all the despair. Uh, I think uh, pick 22, Dallas will be um, pretty happy to have a chance at uh, centerman out of the queue, Hendricks Lapierre. It's a all risky right. pick. I told Max I wouldn't game. take him in the first two rounds. Oh, 
see there there's the trash talk there goes the uh yeah. <laughs> the little honeymoon period for us yeah yeah, yeah. with uh, any team i had taking their second picks so i probably would have taken him with anaheim's pick at the end of this round so he wouldn't have made it to round two for for this i don't think that's fair enough all right i don't mind the risk at all yeah, I mean, I think it all comes down to how well you think he's going to come back from these concussion and neck issues. I think, you know, it's a uh, there's, there's no guarantee here, and it's um, you know, it's certainly concerning. I think uh, that being said, you know, it, it, it's a it's a it's a big gamble, but if it pays off, he's a high end talent. So we'll see. Yeah, anytime you got a guy who came in to the year uh, as highly rated as Lapierre did, and the reason he fell was not simply his play like it's it's an external thing then that's what i'm willing to take the gamble now obviously you know those are not injuries that are quite as easy to uh overlook especially when they're ones that can kind of later on become more concerning but i just think any chance that you have to for the for the sheer cost of a little bit of risk late in the first round early in the second maybe even a little later uh to to get a player who you would have had no chance of getting at that area eight months ago I'm more than willing to take that uh, take that gamble. Anyway, 23 is uh, or did you, did you already go at 23? No, Prashant did. Right? I have not. So now uh, now I've put the the Rangers back on the clock, and so the Rangers have one of the deepest prospect pools that we've uh, you know in the NHL right now. They did an outstanding job in their last uh, two drafts with you know landing a number of high end players in Kako. Uh, last year, and then Kravtsov, Ke'Andre Miller, Nils Lundqvist, a lot of talent over there. I think most, if you look at the Rangers' kind of system, most of it is is defense-heavy with Lundqvist and Ke'Andre Miller, then Zach Jones, Matthew Robertson, Igor Rykov, and Libor Hayek. Um, so that being said, I've already taken Jack Quinn for them. I think you might as well load up on uh, offense for them, and, and I think for them, the player to take here is Maverick Bork. That's a nice pick. All right, that is back Damn to you. Ryan with the Wild. I think uh, I'm, I'm going to take another pick here. I'm leaning towards another pick that might be uh, touted as risky. Um, I've seen this guy ranked here a couple different places, but um, and a, a little bit of humorous uh, debate as to what his first name might be, trying to trick other uh, draft analysts. But I'm going to go with Yan Mysak here, uh, the winger for uh, Minnesota. Um good scoring talent and has uh, has that kind of upside where you think that there's another level to his game. So if he can uh, bring that up and, and instill some goals, uh, inject some goals into that team in the future, especially one that just lost Jason Zucker, that would be a, a, a good hit for Minnesota at pick 24. Yeah. I thought about Mishak uh, in the, in the Edmonton spot too. So I, I like that. I like that pick quite a bit. You can always take his brother in the next round. That's right. Uh, Philly at 25 is Prashant. All right. So Philly is, is on the clock. And again, you know, the theme here, they had a really solid, uh, you know, draft last year as well, getting a lot of players that just kind of fell on their lap with Cam York and Bobby Brink. Uh, and then the year before, obviously Joel Farabee and year before that, Nolan Patrick. So they've done quite well the last few years. Um, I think Philadelphia is really well rounded in terms of how their prospect pool looks. So I don't know that there's any, uh, real need or, or slant for them. That being said, kind of when you look at the board right now, um, it's tough. A lot of the a lot of the top players are gone, um, guys that you would expect. And this is where uh, it becomes a little bit of fun as you try to kind of guess and check and see who's who's going to be the next reach um, here. And so one guy, um, you know, that I've I've liked a lot 
that I think has been rising of late um, kind of across the board is, uh, you know, for them is going to be Thomas Bortolo. Uh, and so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and make that pick here for them out of U.S. developmental program will fit kind of in line with how Philly's been drafting the, the last couple of years and, and give them another U.S. product uh, in their system. All right. That is to me with San Jose. And Max, I'm take a Max, Max yep. before you go, uh, I'm yep. going to be calling you up for a trade here. Hit me. Uh, I know San Jose doesn't have the deepest system in the world, and I think some volume might be able to help them. So it's uh, Steve Eiserman here. Okay. And I would like to offer you uh, Vegas's 2021 third round pick and Detroit's second round pick 32 to jump up six spots here. Could you make it a third in this draft? This draft? What other thirds does Detroit have? We'll take our own third back. Like you you have San Jose's third. So for the cost of your number 32 and our own third round pick back, you can have 27. Max, Colorado will give you pick 27 in a 2021 third to beat out that offer. Well, I want to hear what Brad says about this one first because if it's the 2020... (laughs) that's a better offer yeah that's a better one um i am going to have to pass on that one just because i like the depth of this draft a little too much to jump out of the second round uh the early third here steve eiserman conceding a fight to joe sackick i never thought i'd see the day (laughs) (laughs) all right ryan you got a deal no man i guess it's too late to take mine off the board anyways uh just for the fun of it (laughs) And I, I, uh, I have a feeling Ryan's been consulting my list, so I think he might be jumping up for the same guy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not consulting your list, but I was consulting what I've known you to to want. And uh, Colorado jumping up to protect their pick is going to take J.J. Paterka here. Oh, there, fuck. There it is. Yep, that's who I was angling for. I thought I was still going to be able to get him dropping down a spot. Uh, there it is. Joe Sackick wins again. Max. <laughs> I did blow it. That's a tough one. All right. Well, I have Doug enough Wilson. guys to to drop back a few spots, and I still think I'll get one of my guys, but that one's stung. That does sting. I thought I was getting it. I thought I had no fear in trading back. All right. Well, um, regrouping a little bit. What do the Sharks need besides everything? <laughs> everything. Everything, yeah. I am going to go with Helga Granz out of Sweden. It's a bold move there. Doug Wilson's a bold guy. Who does that leave it to? Uh, Vegas? Me again. Okay. All right. Um, How about Jacob Perot? He's not off the board, is he? Nope. He is still on the board. Vegas will take Jacob Perot. All right. Kind of zipping through this first round here. You almost, uh, you're already down to Washington now. Uh, that is you. Yeah, it puts me back on the clock. And so now I get to, to think about what Washington needs, which Washington's got quite uh, the bare prospect system outside of Connor McMichael. Uh, you know, I don't know that any, they've got anybody in the system right now that's going to be. Uh, a legitimate threat in the NHL. They they certainly have needs both on defense and uh, as well as up front. So I think for them, the the pick I'm going to make here is sticking kind of with the American programs here, going with Brendan Brisson. 
future Wolverine, Brendan Brisson. All right. That leads it to Ryan for St. Louis. Uh, I, I was going to make this pick with the qualification that St. Louis is, is looking down uh, the barrel of possibly losing out uh, Petrangelo in the future um, to free agency, depending on what his demands are. Um, that said, the pick I'm making makes no sense for that comparison because he's significantly shorter and uh, shoots with the other hand. But still, uh, I think they would be uh, excited to take uh, defenseman, left-handed defenseman Emile Andre, who um, I think at pick 30 would be a really good grab for St. Louis. All right. Well, uh, I'm just going to do All this right, to Max. mess with Brad. I don't even know if this guy makes sense for Anaheim. Oh, are you trying to trade up again? I'm trying to trade up to drop back one spot. What What would you ask? What do the Red Wings have? How about the, for one spot, how about the Oilers fourth? The Oilers fourth? Yep. Uh, I will do that. All right. There you go. All right. Um, this guy is very high on my board. You guys have seen it, so you know this. Uh, the Red Wings have desperate need for depth at forward prospects, and they seem to like their Germans, so the Red Wings are going to take Lucas Reichel. That is who uh, Anaheim would have taken too, but uh, I don't think they needed him quite as bad as uh, as that extra pick. So, Although I wish I could get, at least get to make this pick that I've now acquired, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little less fun for this exercise. Now feels like a good time to take a quick break, though. I want to tell you guys about the Black Tux. The Black Tux believes every groom deserves a better experience when it comes to finding formal wear, a suit or tuxedo, for their big day. Did you know the Black Tux was actually started by two guys who had one of the worst tuxedo fittings you could imagine? It turns out they aren't alone in this frustration. Just listen to these one-star reviews from competitor tux shops that shall not be named. Go elsewhere. This place is pretty terrible, unless you like dressing like your grandpa for Halloween. We felt weird buying a suit from somebody so unhappy. We were afraid his bad vibes might follow us to our wedding day, so we left. What I love about the Black Tux is that they have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. And if online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the ones you'll find at the Black Tux. If you want your wedding to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suitor tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code WINGS. That's theblacktux.com, code WINGS, for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux, formal wear for the moment. All right, so back to the board, and they will, uh, the, the Ducks will, after taking Rossi in the first, the Ducks will pretty happily take uh, William Volander out of Sweden to, t- to start the second. I think that is back to Ottawa now. Back to Brad. All right. So with Ottawa's three picks so far, I've picked two high-skill forwards and a high-end offensive defenseman. I am going to give them a well-rounded all-around type defenseman, uh, the captain of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, Ryan nice. O'Rourke. I like that pick. And I am going to take his teammate, Yarmer Pitlick. All right. I was not counting on this much talent dropping to me, but I don't know what y'all fools are doing over there. So that's fine. So you're leaving me like several of my favorites, which Max already knows this. Um, Which one of my favorites do I take for New Jersey here at 35? Uh, So the picks I've already made for New Jersey, uh, obviously Alexander Holt, Seth Jarvis, 
And then, uh, you know, I dealt out of the 17th pick to get them this pick here at 35. And so I think for New Jersey now being able to take a defenseman and still getting the defenseman that, uh, one of the two that I was hoping to get, I'm going to take Topi Nimela out of Finland here. All right. That throws it back to me. For Anaheim, Daniil Gushin out of Muskegon in the USHL. All right. It's a fun pick. Thank you. Well, I didn't say it was good. I just said it was fun. I'll take it. It's, it's the best, nicest thing you said about my draft so far. Probably. <laughs> that goes to Nashville, which is Ryan. Uh, Nashville is um, going to continue with their uh, potential home run swing in terms of talent. Um, a little bit of a riskier pick, depending on your school of thought. This guy's only five foot eight. Uh, can play either wing, very quick game, extremely uh, fun player to watch in Zion Nybeck. All right. It's a, it's a nice pick there to brad and buffalo well i so desperately wanted to take a defenseman in the top 10 for buffalo i just didn't like any of those defensemen that being said the sabers would be very pleased to select from halifax justin Barron, a guy who is rated as high as the top 10 at the beginning of the season season got derailed because of injuries but is still a very good player with a bright future so buffalo is happy with that pick back to you with montreal so uh i've got back to back picks here if i'm that's not correct wrong perfect all right so montreal uh has the luxury here of not having to worry about picking a defenseman or a forward they are going to take both so we were going to go with uh all around well-rounded defenseman lucas cormier and the type of pick i love to make in the second round uh, a late riser who does a lot of things well, but shovels the puck in better than most, and they're going to take Tyson Forster. Arizona had their eye on Forster, so that is a, a tough, tough uh, break right before the pick here. Um, see, Arizona could use a lot of different things, but I think they're going to take Martin Chromiak out of Kingston. That will lead it to Ryan and Minnesota. It's where it gets a little bit tougher for Minnesota. They've already taken uh, Askarov and uh, Meshack. Um, there's a few players on the board here that they could possibly go with. Uh, Muka Madulin would definitely be the most fun name, but I'm not sure they want to go with defensemen at this pick. Um, uh, Forrester. Damn it, Brad. It's always Brad. This is That's revenge for the Paterka pick, actually. I, I know that for a fact. Um this one's tough, and I, and I think I think Minnesota is going to go Carter Savoie here, unless he's off the board. He nope, is, he's not, he's not off the board. He's still on the board there. Perfect. All right. Just uh, cleaning up the, the mocks here, so looking really nice so far. So I guess that uh, puts uh, you still on the clock there for Winnipeg. Oh, is it Winnipeg right now? Yes. Doesn't matter who's next. Oh, my. Yeah, my list is all messed up. Try to keep up. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? I was I was leaning on the host to kind of prompt me. So apologies for that. Um, I'm going to. <laughs> uh, there's a few different options here for Winnipeg. Tempted to go defenseman again if uh, Ryan O'Rourke was there or Volander, but both of those guys are off the board. Um, I don't like taking AJHL guys 
in the second round or, or I wouldn't want to take an AJHL player right now in the second round. It's a little bit of a tougher um, pool to pick from. Uh, they might be looking at a guy like Antonio Strange or Stranges with this pick uh, from the London Knights out of the OHL. All right. That's a pick. And I'm back on the clock with Carolina, and somehow you guys let me get Roni Hervonen at 44, so I'm going to take Roni Hervonen at 44. And that was next up on my list. Thanks, Prashant. Well, you guys let him get all the way to 44, and I didn't even have to trade anybody, so I was getting ready to if I could sense it. All right, that gets it to Brad and Florida. Uh, much like Prashanth, I'm very happy, um, to draft, uh, who I have listed here, which I did not think you would get here. Um, but high end Swedish, uh, finish forward Casper Simon Taival stays with you to Ottawa. How many picks does Ottawa have? Jesus. Six. Infinite. Infinite. All right. Um, so I'm going to go kind of against my own rule of thought here, but given Ottawa's organizational needs and what I've already picked for them, the Ottawa Senators are going to select a goalie and they're going to take Nico Dawes. I like it. It's if you're no, ever going to take a trash. risk, it's when you or go ahead, Rashant. Oh, I was saying that was trash. Was yeah, but they've time. already got four players off the board. <laughs> if you're ever going to roll the dice, now's the time. Remember, you, remember, Melnick doesn't want to pay anybody. He wants everybody in ELCs. He wants all the talent. Exactly, and goalies take like 100 years to develop, so he can keep delaying payment. That's fair. That's fair. That's a Team I'd Canada like... World Junior goalie, so you know he's going to take a while too. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have liked to wait a little longer. Uh, and maybe I will. Oh, I don't have 48 anymore, do I? Nope, I have 48. All right, well, uh, I want to win. 47, right? So. Yeah, no, I know. So I want to I want to uh, win the, the Twitter adoration, and with the number of big defensemen I've taken, that's going to be hard for me at this point. So I'm going to try and score some brownie points and give Calgary a really nice skilled player in Marat Husnadinov. Max, that was going to be my pick, so, you know. That's kind of a, a jerk move right there. Because now I have to actually come up with a different player. I thought you were just going to keep letting everybody slip to me. All right. So that's me now? Yep. All right. What team are you picking for right now, by the way? I'm picking for New Jersey uh, as a part of our deal for 17 for, for 35 and, and 48. So we are continuing to reach back down. So with 35, I was able to land New Jersey a nice – uh, defenseman and Topi Nimela. So now let's see who's available here for them. Um, you know, I think I'm going to keep it in the forward group here and go with Vasily Ponomoryov because I think he's going to be an outstanding talent, and I think he's another guy who the Devils can afford to allow develop. I like it. All right. Uh, that will send us next to Nashville. Back to Ryan. Thank you. And um... – Prashanth, I did you two favors with Askarov and uh, Sanderson, and I think four times now you selected the player right before me, so uh, not appreciated. Um, <laughs> if we, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Theodore or Theodore or Theodore Niederbach is still on the board. He is Correct. still on the board. 
No longer. Niederbach is going to go. All right. That will make it the Toronto pick to Brad. First pick for the Maple Leafs to this draft. I feel like I've made a thousand picks so far, and I haven't picked for three of the teams in my division yet. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, one of the things that I, I love to see in a prospect in their draft year is continued improvement. And over their course course of uh, leading up to the draft, they keep getting better and improving statistically and in every way you could want. So Toronto is going to be thrilled to continue to draft from their farm team, the London Knights, and take Luke Evangelista. Nice. So, much respect there. It's a nice pick. There's some good players on the board right now. There's a lot of good players on the board. Be a good time to have a pick, Brad, for the Detroit Red Wings. Ooh, the Detroit Red Wings here. All right. So, um, I am going to go with a player that actually reminds me a lot of Tyler Bertuzzi here, and I'm going to take Ridley Gregg. Brad, I'm very disappointed in you. I'm very <laughs> disappointed in you. I like I like him a lot. He gets he gets a rep as being like the agitator grinder type because he is a pain in the ass to play against, but his skill level is severely underrated. Much like I think Bertuzzi's was. It was. I don't know that he's the same thing as Bertuzzi, though, but for, for the Red Wings' sake and for Steve Eiserman's future, I certainly hope so. <laughs> All right. Uh, is this an Ottawa pick again from the Islanders? Isn't every pick an Ottawa pick this year? <laughs> I think that's right. I think you've got a couple in a row. <laughs> All right. So the nice thing about picking for Ottawa is that I've drafted every position, so I can just go top of my list and not overthink it. So uh, with two picks for Ottawa here, I'm going to go with Jean-Luc Foudy and VT Mietnin. All right. Uh, that will that's take a, things. To go ahead. I was going to say uh, Foodie's a nice pick there because uh, that's who I was kind of eyeing next up. Yeah, a little surprised he made it this far. Well, Prashant, yeah. it is your pick if you've got someone else in mind. I, I have plenty in mind. Whether or not I actually want any of them is a different question. Um, so let's see here. Uh, you know, if I'm if you're Carolina here, ideally what you would be doing is you would, you'd probably be trading back based on how this board has uh, played out right now. Um, that being said, you know, since we're only doing a two-round mock and, and where Carolina would likely trade back to is going to be uh, much lower. So one guy that I'm going to, you know, jump on, because, again, I didn't I didn't think he would be at the, be here at this point in time, would be uh, Ty Smolanek out of the NCAA and USHL. Or I should say USDP, USHL, he's going to the NCAA next year. So I think he's a guy who probably grades out in the mid-30s, but is – you know, sitting here at 54 for Carolina. So jump all over that. All right. That takes things to Chicago, Ryan. Again, tempted to take Shakir Mukama Doolin here just for the, uh, the sake of the name, but uh, I'm going to probably avoid that. Uh, you know, Chicago, if adding Byfield and then already having Kirby Doc, I think they'd be a little bit more likely here to maybe jump back to defense for this uh, late second round pick. Lots of options here. Um, Emil Vero, Yoni Yermo jump out to me. Um, 
Braden Schneider, is he, is he off the board? Did I hear his name yeah, earlier? I traded up for him at 17. 17, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, Max reached. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to say it. Uh, I didn't even know he went off the board, so I don't think I'm, I'm able to trash talk too much. But thank you, Prashanth, for taking care of that. Uh, in that case, uh, Chicago will happily take uh, Emil Vero, left-handed defenseman. All, All right. right. That, that puts, sends uh, it to Prashanth of Philly. Yeah, it puts me back on the clock. Um, so, you know, Philly right now at this point, there's uh, a handful of ways it could go. I think if you're trying to keep this um, – you know, where they've been picking recently in North America. Um, you know, you've got Sean Farrell, uh, get another uh, U.S. prospect who I think has been really, really solid. That being said, I'm going to do something that Philly probably wouldn't in this position and take another guy who's um, rocketed up the boards recently in Emil Heinemann. All right. That sends it back to Brad and Tampa. Uh, Tampa. Uh, again, I've already talked about with Evangelista, how I, I love the guys who continue to improve in their draft year and put up big numbers. Um, Tampa has a lot of high end talent. So I'm going to pick a guy who I think is actually going to continue to get a lot better than he, he already is and is used to playing with a high end talent in Shane Wright. And I'm going to take Zade wisdom from the Kingston front next. All right. It'll be interesting between Chromiak and wisdom to when we see kind of throughout the years, you know, they got to kind of play with him, I believe, in their draft year. It'll be interesting to look back and see how they how both of those guys turn out. Scott Wheeler's article about him was uh was something. His back oh, yeah. story is incredible. Absolutely. Uh San Jose is on the clock, so that is me. And I'm going to take a guy who I don't know how has lasted this long, Jake Neighbors. And then back to me at LA. There's two guys I want here. But I think I'm going to complete a sweep of defensemen for the Kings in the first two rounds. And I'm going to take Jan Kuznetsov. He's been playing NCAA for Connecticut this year in his draft year. Uh, I am going to draft Jan. That will send things back to Brad and Detroit. Well, um, this was fortunate because out of all my second round ranked uh, prospects, I only had one defenseman left there and I've drafted three forwards for the Red Wings uh, and he is the highest player on my list still. So this worked well and uh, since Ryan got so hesitant, the Red Wings are very happy to select Shakir Mukamadoulin. I just wanted Mickey Redmond to be able to say it. (laughs) (laughs) After they traded Athens to you, it was all for nothing. Brad is going to get to go again with Montreal. All right. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens will uh, select Alexander Passion. Nice. Like that Wisdom, pick. And then... Brad's going for the all name team. That's I'm, right. I'm going all, the, I'm... all romance team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get to finish it up with Boston. Oh, hey, first pick for them. Um, Boston's got a very weak system, but they don't care because they were the best team in the NHL. So let's reach for some skill here and let's go for Maxime Groshev just to keep this string of Russians going. All right. That will do it for the two rounds. Now, I will say the Red Wings have the next pick. So if you want to make another pick, I think that would make the listeners a little happy. All right, why not? Let's take uh, Sean Farrell from the USNTDP. 
All right. All right. So read us the Red Wings. Uh, read us the Red Wings class in that one. Alexi Lafreniere, Lucas Reichel, Ridley Gregg, Shakir Mukamadulin, and Sean Farrell. And how do we grade that uh, rest of rest of the rest of the pod? Uh, arbitrary A plus because of Alexi Lafreniere and then Lucas Reichel in the second. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I love the Lafreniere pick. I love the Reichel pick. Sorry, Brad, I hate the other two. I think Mukamadulin <laughs> is like a, a, a third, fourth round talent. Uh, so I wouldn't want him anywhere near Detroit, even in the first two rounds. So Mukamadulin, I think, is a is, is a is a big no go for me. And Farrell. Yeah, uh, Farrell, I love Farrell. Is a guy like I said, I was I was entertaining Farrell at fifty four and fifty six. Um, I think he, you know, most boards have him somewhere between forty and. And, and 50. So I think getting him at the first pick of the third round is great, but Ridley Gregg and, and, and Shakir Mugamadulin, I think are a little bit of reaches for, for too much reaching for my like, but we will, we will see how it all pans out. We talked about Ridley Gregg a little bit yesterday, you and I, because I can't quite figure out why you're, why like he, he wouldn't, you know, check the right boxes for you. Cause he's a really young guy scored well in the WHL. The only thing I can think of is maybe, too much power play production? What is that? Were you able to find any light on that? Yeah, I mean, that could certainly be the reason why he, uh, you know, doesn't look good in some of the, the numbers that I've, I've looked at. But just when I look at him relative to, you know, a lot of the other players in there, I mean, there there are guys that he reasonably compares to that you're like, okay, maybe, maybe he could end up in that. Like, he's not so far off of guys like uh, you know, Jake Neighbors or, or Sean Farrell in terms of like the stuff that I've looked at. Uh, you know, that being said, I think his floor is quite large. And I think it's a big gamble for a team like Detroit in the position where they're at right now uh, to, to gamble on a player with maybe a high ceiling but low floor. Uh, I think for them, if you're picking in the first two rounds, I've kind of told you this on multiple occasions you know, my, my thought process is you want to make sure you're, you're safely coming away with NHL talent here. So I think neighbors was on the board still when Brad took Ridley Gregg, would you would have taken neighbors over him then? Uh, neighbors, certainly. I think I would have taken over him. Even Sam Colangelo is another guy that I would have considered right around there. If you're just thinking about kind of the North American players in that kind of tier, I think he's another one that's in that bucket and maybe uh, a little bit more comfortable with uh, at this point. Brad, what All do you right. think about that? Uh, neighbors. I I'd like him, but I don't love his offensive upside as much as I think I do. Uh, obviously with Greg, hence why I picked him for me, especially in the second round. And when you have the volume of picks that the Red Wings do to me, I understand. And I agree with you on his floor, but I'm, I'm a, I pick based on upside. I If everything goes right for each prospect you pick, what could they become? And I like Ridley Gregg as an abrasive top six forward. I'm not saying he is skill to skill Tyler Bertuzzi, but he could play that role and he could play it very well. Uh, he produces well in the power play. His skating uh, does leave me a bit of a question as to how much he can impact five on five. But I think that is a little overblown from what other scouts are saying about him. I, I just think the role he can fill and the actual skill he possesses could translate very well uh, based on how the NHL is played nowadays and honestly how the Red Wings system stacks up right now. They don't have a good comparable for him in uh, in the chart. 
Do you want to uh, defend the Muka Madulin pick at all? What do you like about uh, this game? I I like Muka Madulin as a I, I I don't love his offensive upside as much as I thought I would. He's sound. He's reliable. Um, he shoots left, which the Red Wings desperately need. <laughs> Not True. that that would impact there. Um, again, you swing for upside, and you hope that what we saw at the beginning of the season uh, when he was a, a first round ranked prospect is comes back and that his slide throughout the season um, was just a result of where he was playing or the roles he was putting in. But it's again, upside pick. I'm hoping to be wrong. And given that I'd already drafted three forwards for the Red Wings at that point, I felt he was worth the risk. All right. So now I want to go around and have everybody give their, uh, what they think was the best value pick of the draft, not necessarily for them, but for anybody could be them if they think so. And the biggest reach of the draft. So everyone kind of go around. Uh, we'll start with Prashant because I'm guessing he has the strongest opinion. Probably. Um, I think best value pick. Um, I think it's either you max at 47 with Calgary taking, uh, uh, your boy Marat uh, over there. I think he was an excellent value pick at 47. The other one I have to put in there is the pick I made at 44 with uh, Roni Havona. And I think both yep. of those are uh, excellent value picks. I think reaches wise, um, you know, I was, I think for me, anytime a goaltender goes in the first round, Ryan, I'm calling you out. Yaroslav Askarov, I can't take in the first round. I d- I've also said I wouldn't draft a goalie in particular. I think Askarov's a reach. And then uh, I think, uh, going defenseman at 16 and 17, uh, I think Schneider was probably the the other kind of big reach in my mind. Reach and a trade-up. Reach and a trade-up, yes. All right. Ryan, how about you? You know, what's funny is I was actually going to name uh, my other pick right next to Askarov as the biggest reach. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> uh, I personally would love uh, Jake Sanderson at 12, but Detroit doesn't have pick 12. Um it's just it's a, one of the, it's, it's a big like that big a reach though even at 12 it's tough like i don't think i i don't like to just crap all over sanderson like some people do um no it, i don't think he's not a a first round talent and i think just defensemen are super difficult to evaluate and they tend to rise a lot the closer you get to the draft um you always see it at the top end the top half of the draft and so i think J- sanderson's stock um, has just risen arbitrarily because there's not a lot after Drysdale, right? So I don't think that's a great value at 12, although I do, I can definitely see Winnipeg making that pick because of their organizational need. Um, Askarov, I think, around 10 to 15 is the right range if you're the kind of team that wants to take a goalie. Um, again, I've made both of these picks, so I'm just kind of shooting my own foot here but uh yeah it would have to be sanderson for me for the biggest reach uh i can't really combat too much else in terms of best value um foodie went at uh, 52 right yep foodie yep. i think is a good pick at 52 um hervonen uh i also loved as a pick and uh selfishly i think uh paterka might end up uh, a couple years down the road looking like a steal at uh, late first round pick he was in the teens though, right? Wasn't he? Or no? No, he was 26. You're right. 26 to Colorado. Yeah. That's when I yeah. uh, stole him from you. Yep. I can buy that as uh, as, as a really good value. How about you, Brad? Um, I'm going to agree with Ryan uh, about the Paterka pick. Him going in the at 26 is great value. Um, again, obviously I was angling as Detroit to jump up and grab him myself. Um, and then I guess the other overvalue, 
I mean, you you want to say Sanderson just to have Prashant back you, but uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Max. I'm going to have to go with uh, trading up to get Brain Schneider at 17. I had him ranked in the mid-second round, so I, I, I got to say that, that one. Yeah, because I, I think if, if you look back at the trade, right, just on what we did, if would you take Braden Schneider over Topi Numila and then Vasily Ponomarayev, which are the two players I got at 35 and 48? And I think for me, it's a slam dunk. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Schneider over those two. But I'm curious how everybody else feels just looking at that. Uh, I don't know a ton about Topi Numila, so I, I mean, maybe that's part of where I went wrong here. I think quietly he's going to be one of the best defensemen in this class. And uh, you can quote me on this in six years. He will be the second best defenseman in this class behind Drysdale. All right. Well, that's certainly a bold prediction. Um, um, yeah, no, I mean, my, my reasoning for trading up for Braden Schneider, and I think I've been calling him Brandon this whole time, which is just because <laughs> he plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings, but his name is Braden. Um, but yeah, no, my, my reasoning is, you figure that the Kings are coming into this, they have an awesome pipeline, especially up front. And I think they need defensemen. And this was a guy who I think Schneider is one of the top five defensemen in this draft. You can argue where certainly I would rather have gotten, uh, you know, like Sanderson or, or Goulet for them, but uh, Gouley for them. But, you know, at that point, I was going to come out of this with two guys who I think figure very prominently into their future top four. And, uh, you know, was it a perfect value? Quite possibly not, but uh, I wasn't gonna I wasn't going to miss the chance for it. And, and the All Kings right. are dealing from a position of luxury, right? I mean, exactly. we're talking about a team that's got the best system right now. So, yep, yep. All right. Well, uh, anything else? Any any other comments before we wrap this up? Who's the best player we left on the board? Uh, did anyone take Colangelo? No one took Colangelo. Nobody took Colangelo. No. So I thought Colangelo would go, and I, I was, you know that. That is one that's still on the board would surprise me a little bit. Um, Ty Tulio, Connor McLennan, Justin Sordiff are all still there. Yep, Michael Benning's still there. Yeah, there's a. There's did Tyler Clevin go? He did not. Nope. He's a guy who I think Bob McKenzie's midseason had in the first round. So there's still some names out there. Yeah, and that kind of speaks to the depth of the draft here. And that there's there's still a fair bit of talent for Detroit, even in the first part of the third round. And so that's where you want to make sure you're walking away with, you know, several high quality prospects out of the first three rounds. What I thought was interesting was how clearly defined kind of the hot spots were. I mean, there were times where it seemed like you know, for four or five straight picks, we were all like, uh, I don't know. And then there were hot spots where people are competing to try and trade up. And I felt like once you get past the top nine or 10 until you get into maybe the twenties, there's kind of a little bit of a dead zone. Maybe somebody slips and then you can get something in the, in those first, you know, 11 through 14 range. Um, but yeah, like I, th- I like the picks in the twenties value wise a lot more than I liked them in the teens. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for us. Thank you to both Brad and Ryan for joining us. This was really fun. We definitely could not have done uh, something probably this long or or this uh, thorough without them. So very much appreciated. And uh, who knows, maybe keep your eyes out and uh, we'll pop up on a joint show again sometime soon. Maybe. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll talk to you guys later.